Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So the challenge is going to happen, but it isn't going to make a difference. The idea of the Electoral College challenge by members of Congress and senators. The idea of this changing the Electoral College situation and keeping Joe Biden out less than 1%. Right? There's always a possibility. But my gosh, what makes you think that it can be? This is not me saying that everything's on the up and up. Far from it. I am unhappy. I am unpleased. The people who sit back during this election and say, oh, yeah, sure. As long as we got Joe Biden. Those are the worst people in the world. The, the, the uncurious, the incurious. Ends justify the means, folks. You really just want to allow Pennsylvania to take place and say to yourself, yeah, it's fine that the courts did this? Usurp the legislative? My gosh, I wouldn't let you in my house. You know, you haven't earned the opportunity to break bread with me. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. You haven't. What can make anybody think that you have? It is that kind of thing. But these same people, they'll, oh, they're all upset about this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. So, so tell me, Brad, what are we going to do? Uh, we won the election, and it's not fair to take it away from us like this. That's President Trump on a phone call to the Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad Raffensperger. Brad Raffensperger leaked the call. If Brad Raffensperger wants to say, look, I can't find it. We've searched and we've searched and I can't find it. He's more than welcome to say so. I think that we've seen things in Georgia that are pretty messed up. And that's what's got people bothered. Right? There's all these sorts of stories Uh, The latest is Georgia data reveals 30,000-plus Trump votes removed, another 12,000 switched. I don't know. Maybe that's why people like Senator Ted Cruz want to go out there and say, you know what, we need to ensure that the election was on the up and up, and we need to go out there, and we need to say to ourselves, let's take a look at these votes, give ourselves a couple days to do that. I think we in Congress have an obligation to do something about that. We have an obligation to protect the integrity of the democratic system. And and so this past week, I spent writing out a position and assembling a group that ultimately of 11 senators that we put out yesterday that we will together object to certification in order to force the appointment of an emergency uh, electoral commission 
to perform an emergency audit of the election results to, to assess these claims of frauds. I think we can do that. We can do it promptly. We can do it in 10 days before the inauguration, but I think we have an obligation to the voters and we have an obligation to the Constitution to ensure that this election was lawful. Now, I happen to agree with them. And uh, Cornell Law Professor William Jacobson, you may have just heard on, on the show, he says, look, uh, the, the law exists that you can do this. Saying it's not a constitutional conversation, but rather in terms of written into the Constitution, but rather a law that exists to answer the question of what happens when an elector is questionable. He's not so sure that the uh, that the idea of it from from the get go is a smart one, and he is definitely not a believer that it's going to work. I'm a, definitely not a believer that it's going to work, but I give everything one percent or less than one percent because there's always a possibility that you'll knock out enough electors to bring this thing to the to the House of Representatives and to the Senate. To, to have a vote on, and and there won't be enough electors to get to 270, because that's a constitutionally prescribed conversation as well, right? No one gets 270 electoral votes, right? The more than 50%, and then the, goes to the House, and then each state votes by its delegation, and that's how you get a president, and the Senate does that with vice president. That's, that's how it works. Now, it's not going to be what happens. It's not going to be what happens. Ted Cruz is not going to get his opportunity to go over all these states and to, um, you know, to to get people to go back and go over and audit these states and, and what happened. That's It's just not going to happen. I have come to accept this. I'm bothered by it, certainly. I won't lie to you. Of course I'm bothered by it. But it is what's going to happen. It's why I have been one of the people saying, when when you see uh, things trending on social media like civil war, stop it. Stop. America's not ready for this conversation. Now, I make two points here. Number one, we're already in a civil war, so what are we talking about? I already have Antifa on the attack. I have people who have died. I have people who've been attacked in the streets, coming out of events. Old and young, black and white, men and women, attacked. Antifa, progressives, what? it's all over the place. If that's not it for you, I don't know what is. What do you, what do you think civil war is? Do I have to now don uh, the blue or the gray? And do we have to march in line while we're shooting? It's not the way it works. We are in it. We are in this fight there are people absolutely in every violent way possible trying to get you to do their bidding and some of those people they're not throwing the punches like they are in the antifa world or in the black lives matter world no some of those people are the ones paying no attention to the issues in places like pennsylvania you don't have standing, so you can't bring a lawsuit, but you're the one who got disenfranchised. I find that to be pretty reprehensible, disgusting, and angering like you wouldn't believe. And what do they want to tell you? No. 
no standing, so court doesn't take the case. Now, there have been a couple of courts that have taken the case, and uh, the, the Trump people haven't done a really good job of expressing where they see the problems. I think Pennsylvania is a, is a no-brainer, however. And I think there are certainly some things in Georgia that look real ugly. But I understand that it's going to be Joe Biden, because I believe in systems. And the system has to work. And that's why I have no problem with this challenge, because it's a system. And the people who have a problem with the challenge don't believe in the Constitution at all. They don't believe in it at all. They should be discounted and dismissed. They should be laughed at. The Jake Tappers of the world should be laughed at. Because he is preparing for one last-ditch effort to overturn the election results, one that is doomed to fail. It will happen next week when Congress meets to certify Joe Biden's electoral college win. That will be on Wednesday. Just minutes ago, two House Republicans told me that they expect at least 140 Republican members of the House to vote against counting the electoral votes for Joe Biden. Now, there's absolutely no way this effort to undo the Democratic free and fair election will succeed in Congress. But this Can we just stop? No one's trying to undo the free election. That's everything that's not happening. You want to tell me there's not a civil war already at play? Attacks in the street from Antifa and Black Lives Matter and a media apparatchik that flat out lies to you. My point about a civil war always comes back to you ain't prepared for what this means. I think there are plenty of people on the political right who are up for a fight, but they're not necessarily considering and questioning what civil war means. Civil war means that you're throwing away the system. I like the system. I want to preserve the system, conserve it, maybe, like a conservative. That doesn't mean doing away with it. Doesn't mean burning it to the ground. When I see the political left burning it to the ground because they got Biden and the ends justify the means and they are burning it to the ground and Jake Tapper is one of those people, those are the people who need to be defeated. Why well, do you defeat them, Tony, if you allow them to do this with an election? I get the anger and the frustration. And that's why I favor the challenges. And that's why I favor the fight. I favor it. I favor pushing back. And I have come to a place that is not normally my place, guys. And one of the things that I've come to is my audience is not the whole of America. I really did believe I could capture larger swaths of America. And I certainly have people who don't agree with me who listen to the show, right? That's true in all the radio I do. Um, but there are 74 million Americans who voted for Trump who are like, what in the bloody heck just happened here? Why are we being treated like this? I'm going to be doing a lot of speaking directly to them and getting people back into the game. And I'll explain how in a little bit. I'm Tony Katz. So I promised I would talk about Rouhani, right? The leader of Iran and this threat against President Trump, right? He's, he's angry with President Trump, and now you've got oil tankers that are being... Uh, uh, treated uh, improperly in, in, in the Gulf there, in the Straits of Hormuz, right? Take, take a look at a map. Take a look at a map and take a look at where uh, the Straits uh, of Hormuz are, and you'll say, my gosh, 
No wonder it's so treacherous. That is one little bend. One tiny little bend there to get all those oil tankers out of Dodge. That's not easy to deal with. Not easy to navigate. But certainly makes it pretty dang easy for Iran to try and do great damage. But this threat against President Trump came and went, and no one said a word. And I said, that's interesting. The President of the United States uh, just got threatened by uh, Rouhani. This was the one-year anniversary of the uh, killing of Soleimani, to which no one should shed a tear, and there was nothing wrong with it, and it didn't create an international incident. He was never supposed to be in Iraq to begin with. The murderer is dead, Qasem Soleimani, and that's a plus for hurting Iran in their continued push on terrorism and helping free and thinking societies. Only progressives could say, you see the problem here. There was no problem. Only John Brennan, only the Ben Rhodes of the world would be like, hmm, man, it's really creating a problem in the Middle East. Such a problem that we now have the Abraham Accords and we've got nations recognizing Israel, right? Such a problem it created. Well, it creates a problem if you want to be on the, cons- on the side of the Iranians for whatever nonsense reason you want to be on the side of the Iranians. And very much so, it's, it's seen in a way that you're on the side of the Iranians because you can't be on the side of the Saudis. Which, I'm not happy with the Saudis either, but if I'm going to choose a side, which America already has, I'm going to choose the Saudis and not the sponsors of terrorism. Didn't the Saudis cut off some guy's head in an embassy? Yes. Yeah, I didn't say they were perfect. Just want to be clear. But here was the, the conversation about Rouhani that didn't go, you know, didn't get widely uh, spread. You've got this threat against the president. Now, of course, this threat is meaningless. It means nothing. They they understand that President Trump is is uh, at the end of, of the term, and uh, they're not a free society, so they're sticking it to him, right? That that's that's what they're doing. Right? Uh, Rouhani is the guy who just got his ass kicked on the playground. And then as you're getting into the car with a good-looking girl to go uh, have a beer, uh, it's a playground and a beer, don't ask me, he's the one saying, you better not come back now! Right? That's him. That's Rouhani. Threaten the president. And the question before us is, how come Democrats aren't up in arms? When it was learned learned, I'm using the air quotes, that Russians were putting bounties on American soldiers. Democrats were apoplectic. Now, we didn't have proof of this. We're not sure of this. If you're asking me, oh, it absolutely happened. Russians put bounties on American soldiers. Hey, Afghani rebel, this, that, and the other. You kill an American soldier, extra couple of bucks for you. I believe Russia does it. I believe Iran does it. I believe China does it. Without question, I believe these things happen. But Democrats were so upset, and the president hasn't done anything about it. What do you want him to do? Russians are putting bounties on American soldiers. What do you want Donald Trump to do about it? Are we in favor of, for example, executing Vladimir Putin in Red Square in front of his children? That's my all-purpose line. 
right? I've used that line multiple times. And I use it because, well, that's a way to handle people putting bounties on American soldiers. We take the leader of the nation, boom, he's gone. We just end that whole situation right there. If they were upset that the President of the United States did nothing about a threat against American soldiers, why haven't they voiced, these Democrats, any level of upset at Rouhani threatening Donald Trump's life? Where's the standard in all this? Where's the, the level of decency in all this? You really want Iranians threatening the life uh, of a sitting U.S. president? This, this is acceptable to the Democratic Party. I can't believe I'm the only person in all of media right here who saw this and said, wait a second, that's weird. That's very, very weird. For that, for for an allegation that you don't even, you can't even substantiate, you're yelling and screaming about Trump and going on to news networks and CNN is playing it ad nauseum because these are indecent people. These are indecent people, and as long as they're attacking Trump, they feel good. It doesn't matter what they put on to attack Trump. Oh, let's hire Andy McCabe to work for CNN. Hey, isn't Andrew McCabe the guy who lied to FBI agents about an FBI investigation when he was asked questions about what he knew and when he knew it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he hates Trump, so put him on the air. Put him on the air. Hey, where's Michael Avenatti? We don't talk about Michael Avenatti anymore. But he was so good at hating Trump. Yeah, but he stole money from what's-her-name, the stripper girl there, and oh, he's a bad bad dude oh he is did anybody tell brian stelter threat against the sitting president and the media is silent and democrats are silent but you hear a rumor about bounties on american soldiers why isn't trump doing more well i say you kill vladimir putin in red square what do you say maybe you've got a better idea than me maybe maybe i'm just being a little nutty Right, I need to just bring it down a scotch, and we gotta do your plan. Okay, now what's your plan? Exactly, exactly the point. You didn't care about American soldiers to begin with. We see you. We know you're full of it. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio Parlor, Tony Katz, TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz today. If I ever get elected to Congress, I also will carry a sidearm. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Happy to take your calls. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Lauren Bobert from the California Third. She's the one who owns Shooter's Grill, where the servers all have a, a, a firearm strapped to their thigh. And she ran for Congress, and um, she won. And she's now a member of Congress, and she said, yeah, I'm carrying, uh, I'm, I'm a single mom, I think she's a single mom, in Washington, D.C., I'm carrying a firearm. That's just all there is to it. And Democrats are like, she should not be allowed to carry a gun in here, a gun. They're all protected by guns. But she wants to carry a gun. So she's carrying a gun. And I'm just saying out loud that I ever get elected to Congress, producer Ari, I'm letting everybody know right now I am carrying. I don't care if you carry. Just don't go to Congress. Why can't I run? 
You can run, but you would hate being in Congress. You would love to run. If you could run forever, you would do it. Being in Congress sucks. This woman who just got elected who owned the restaurant, she is going to have buyer's remorse. I guarantee it. Well, I don't I don't I don't know about that. Oh my god, being that. in Congress sounds like the most miserable job you can have. I would never ever want to do it. So here is where the, 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 the split is, right, between it being a tedious mess of not getting anything done and something you could really enjoy. If you never plan on running for president, you can really enjoy the gig. Like, really, really enjoy the gig. Have a great time. Oh, Amazing. Me, if I was a member of Congress, I would find uh, people I disagreed with on policy or who lied about me. And if they were doing hits on CNN, I would just walk right into their head and be like, why did you lie about me? Right there on the air. Just, oh, there's nothing I wouldn't do. There's nothing I wouldn't say. There is nothing I wouldn't uh, bring bring up. It, it, and by the way, I don't have to dig. I'm not going to dig for dirt. I'm just discussing the issues. Because I'm not interested. I, I know I'm not going to be president. I know this about myself. By the way, I'd be an amazing president. That's not the point. When you serve and you're not trying to get the next gig, it's a lot more fun. Because you can actually do things and call people out and say what you're doing is despicable or what you're doing is great and we should do that because it's about, it's about our constituents. Right. One of the things I would try and do is avoid the phrase, you know, I'm doing this for the American people. I think I think every time I hear that phrase, I, I just flat out cringe. Speaking of cringe, there's a video of Canadian police trying to invade someone's house because they had more than six people in the house. This, of course, coronavirus. This is in Quebec. Six people were in a residence, police were called, and yes, they were trying to get in the house, and this guy is keeping them out of the house. No, you can't come in. And these are cops demanding entry. Now, if that seems a bit dystopian to you, you're absolutely right. And I put forth to you that any police officer sent to go after somebody's home and arrest people because they have more than a certain number of people allowed because of coronavirus restrictions, any cop who actually shows up should be fired. And before they get fired, they should realize, hmm, I'm not good at this job and quit. Police officers have a job to do, and their job is to uphold the law. But we're talking about laws, not mandates. And any law that says we should knock on people's doors and see how many people they have in their house and arrest people if there are too many, that's not a law you should follow. That's criminally insane. And if you're a police officer who's doing that kind of work, you should quit. Because you've clearly, you know what you are? You're cougar in, in Top Gun, right? You've lost the edge. You're holding on too tight. That's absolutely the way it goes. This brings us to the New York State Senate. This is a bill. In the Senate, this is, this is not fake. It has been filed. Actually, it will be filed uh, in, in another couple of days. Removal and detention of cases, contacts, and carriers who are or may be a danger to public health. 
The provisions of this section shall be utilized in the event that the governor declares a state of health emergency due to an epidemic of any communicable disease. So they're creating some legislation now based on coronavirus. Okay. I appreciate legislation. I don't like mandates. Upon determining by clear and convincing evidence that the health of others is or may be endangered by a case contact or carrier or suspected case contact or carrier of a contagious disease that, in the opinion of the governor, after consultation with the commissioner, meaning a health commissioner, may pose an imminent and significant threat to the public health resulting in severe morbidity or high mortality, the governor or his or her delegate... Uh, including but not limited to the commissioner or the heads of the local health departments, may order the removal and or detention of such a person or of a group of such persons by issuing a single order identifying such persons either by name or by a reasonably specific description of the individuals or group being detained. Translation. We think you have a disease, let's say coronavirus. Uh, You have it or we think you have it. We can arrest you. We can detain you. We can put you in a place. And my answer is, buy guns, buy ammo. Now, you say to me, Tony, that's pretty rough. New York is seriously considering saying, hmm, we think there's a health issue here, so we have to lock you up for your own good. What society do you think we have? What society do you think we have that that could even be discussed? How you don't have 50,000 people in Albany demanding that he resign. I think it was Louis Gohmert who, uh, he's the one who was suing Vice President Pence about uh, the electors. He's just, he's just flat out wrong. I mean, there's just, I'm not even going to debate that with you. Flat out wrong. Louis Gohmert said something very interesting. And what he said was, in order to get things done, you know what you have to do. You got to take a page out of Black Lives Matter. Now, I was thrilled to hear him say this because I absolutely believe this to be true. If you're going to get things done, you have to be loud. Very loud. You can't just sit quietly. You have to let your displeasure be known aggressively. You can't just sit back and 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 take it. You got to fight like a mother. You got to make enough noise so people hear you. Well, that's what Black Lives Matter does, right? You're not happy with the election? Why aren't you blocking traffic? Oh, I hate the people who block traffic. I hate the people who block traffic. I'm just saying it gets people's attention. Block the traffic in Georgia. Block the traffic in Pennsylvania. Take the advice of progressive Maxine Waters. You see these Democrats who have allowed this kind of election shenanigans? You make a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome. But a government that wants to so impinge the rights of American citizens, attack American citizens, imprison, cage American citizens? I think it's a very American and revolutionary thought, not revolutionary thought. We already went through the revolution. It's a very American thought to say, buy guns and buy ammo. That, by the way, if you can. Man, it's difficult to find both. I'm Tony Katz.
Runoffs tomorrow. David Perdue against John Ossoff. I'm sorry. David, yes. David Perdue is against Ossoff, right? And you Kelly Leffler is against Warnock. Yes, That's sir. It. That's absolutely correct. What are Georgians going to do? <laughs> no idea. No clue how they're going to handle this election. None. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. I can't tell you if, if, if the Republicans are going to pull this out. I can't tell you if anything Donald Trump has done is going to affect Georgians. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I have no reason to think that. You know, uh, even the conversations with, with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, I think Raffensperger is taking it worse in, in terms of in, in public perception. Well, who cares what the media thinks? They know the media lies. I don't know if it's moving anybody, you know, in the, uh, in, in the in-betweens, the quote-unquote moderates, the undecideds, however you want to say it. I, I don't think they're being moved by Donald Trump saying, uh, I need these votes. I need to find these votes. He didn't say, hey, why don't you go manufacture these votes for me, Brad Raffensperger, Secretary of State of Georgia. That didn't happen. You know, David Perdue has been in some levels of quarantine because he was exposed to somebody with coronavirus. So he's not on the campaign trail. Right? I don't think he needs to be on the campaign trail. But why is he not on the campaign trail? A member of Congress with coronavirus showed up on Sunday to vote for Nancy Pelosi. Gwen Moore, she's of Wisconsin, has coronavirus. They built a plexiglass box and they let her in to vote. She was even giving people the elbow. Has coronavirus. Had it for five days, which means she had to quarantine for at least five more days. And she came to Congress to vote. That's how desperate Nancy Pelosi was to get victory and to remain uh, the House Speaker. She only got 216 votes. Kevin McCarthy, Republican, got 209 I mean, it would have been amazing. So I don't think David Perdue has to. It would have been amazing if Nancy Pelosi had lost the speakership. Oh, this would be stunning. Oh, what a day it would have been. So I don't think David Perdue has to sit on the sidelines. Meanwhile, the vote happens tomorrow. And I don't know how it's going to go. I do know Republicans have 8,000 poll watchers ready to go. And you watch future elections. They're going to have tens of thousands of poll watchers all across the country. They're going to have poll watchers on poll watchers on poll watchers. Now, some people think, if look, if the Democrats can steal this election, there'll never be a free and fair election again. I'm not one of those people. I'm not. But Republicans may have learned not to get outlawed by these people. These people who believe that the ends justify the means, they don't care how they do it. They don't believe in the system. They just believe in victory. They just believe in victory. That's very, very obvious. Your car's seatbelt, safety miracle or decapitation nightmare? What is the connection between rain and farming? The answer may surprise you. Heroin, sex, machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words. And now Tony Katz presents the worst headline of the week. 
Might as well be of the day, because I know there's just going to be an absolutely terrible one tomorrow to go with it. This uh, from the New York Post headline, Cheeky Man Hides Samosa Between Buttocks to Smuggle It Into Jail. That's a terrible headline. Absolutely awful. Of course, this is Britain. It was going to be Britain or it was going to be India. We're talking about a samosa. Indian food, right? So it's potato and it's, it's, it's vegetables and spices. And then it's, it's like there's a pastry put around it and then it's fried. It's glorious. Absolutely glorious. A samosa will set you right. Set you right. And uh, this guy was, was was arrested, and he was pretty sure that the food was going to be good in in jail. So he took the samosa, which which by the way is 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 an odd shape. I'm I'm just saying, it's an odd shape, and he took the samosa, and whoop, right up. That's uh, it's not even of the week. That's gonna be the worst headline of the day. There's gonna be there's gonna be one every day. One absolutely horrible and awful headline every single day. We're going to try and bring it to you. Going to try our best to bring it to you. Now, the story of the vandalism at Speaker Pelosi's house and uh, Senator Mitch McConnell's house, this really deserves another look because what we're looking at here isn't a story of vandalism. It's what they wrote. At Nancy Pelosi's house, they actually left a severed pig's head in front of her garage. Red paint everywhere. And what did they paint on her garage door? Cancel rent. 2K. We want everything. And at Mitch McConnell's house, where's my money? Let me ask you. Do you think these people are upset that the COVID relief bill only gives Americans $600 and not $2,000? Or are these people who believe that government should just give them stuff? Give them everything, anything, all the things. Wh- which one do you think it is? Which way do you think it goes? If you tell people that government's job is to take care of you, well, then government might actually be looked at to take care of you. And if you can't get me $2,000, after all, I deserve $2,000. Why do you deserve $2,000? Don't you ask that bigoted question. I deserve $2,000. Well, I've always said $2,000. Why not just ask for $5,000? You know, why not just ask for it? Eventually, it'll be people saying, you know, uh, uh, we, we, we deserve something. Give us something. Right? That'll be the sign. That, that's what they're saying. That is absolutely positively what it is they're saying. You have to give us stuff. Because it's vandalism today. Who knows what kind of violent behavior it's going to be tomorrow. There is much more to this story. Much, much more to this story on the vandalism than just some vandalism. Oh, anger about the COVID relief bill. No, 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 no. This is about an ideology that is flat out destructive. Where's my money? Why is it yours? Because you threatened me? We may want to work on that. 
Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today.